here at Weathered Souls. Margie and myself are here. Um, we're about to do a podcast with Marcus Baskerville, who is the head brewer and founder of Weathered Souls. And we have a big treat for you guys tonight. So we have um, Marcus taking in his own beer. We have lots of good barbecue food here in front of us. Um, Weathered Souls has just introduced a new food partner. Yeah. Um, it's um, South Barbecue, which once I posted where we're going to like podcast, I had a lot of people saying how good the barbecue is and how amazing it is. And those people weren't oh, lying. So good. I actually treat. tried, what is it? Brussels sprouts, Brenda. <laughs> they were Brussels sprouts. I almost want to forget those. <laughs> but it was. And however they made it. It was amazing. The last time I tried Brussels sprouts was with my good friend Amber at Yard House. And I'm not going to lie. Don't taste- compare these to those. <laughs> I, I didn't even taste those. But don't compare these to anything you've ever tasted. tasted. like ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing I ever had in my mouth. No. But, but I tried these. Oh, my God. So good. We had so Brussels good. sprouts. And we're talking like the Brussels sprouts were the star of the show. But on the side of that, we had pulled pork. And brisket. the brisket and beans and creamed corn and it was, it was all great and we washed it all down with great beer. So um, I'm I'm kind of weak when it comes to spice, but the creamed corn had that almost cream in a Mexican cup. sprinkle. Yes, <laughs> call <Mexican> that sprinkle. <laughs> that different flavor that you put in the corn. That's what they put on it and it was great. Because my mouth it was kind of pica, it was pica, but it was so good and. I don't know. Everything was really, really good. The fact that I can eat a Brussels sprout. Yeah. And maybe ask for a little bit more. That's a monumental moment. Yeah. Especially for Brenda. And we're and that wasn't even the top of everything. So we have Marcus coming on. We have some beer knowledge. We're about to drop some hop culture on you guys. Um, get well, it? Not pop culture, but hop culture. <laughs> Hoppity hop hop, but I said a hip hop, a hippity. No, okay, okay. let's stop. stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna meet up with Marcus, who is the founder and the brewmaster, who we will uh, surprise him and you know introduce him to a little Margie Brenda Valentine's Day blind date taste test. Mm-hmm. I'm and sure he will love it. Yeah, I think y'all he will better love, it, love it. He has no choice but yeah. to love it. But um, as we're waiting for him, we are enjoying some great food, some great barbecue, Brussels sprouts. Mind you guys, I've never really, I don't eat any, I honestly, when it comes to anything green. I had to do the like, choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> Open up, Brenda. <laughs> it's chocolate. But turns out like she loved it. Um, so I yeah, did. so like get to other souls. Try the beer, try the food. It's all great. The atmosphere. It's so good. We're going to meet up with Marcus here in a little bit. And we will give you some great content. So make sure you follow Marcus and follow Weathered Souls on their website, on their social media page. And we'll be back once we interview Marcus. And you'll get to know everything that has to do with Weathered Souls and how he came about with the concept. (laughs) 
Alrighty, here we are at Weathered Souls Brewing Co. here in San Antonio, Texas. And my guest today is head brewmaster and founder of Weathered Souls, Marcus. How are you doing, Marcus? I'm doing well and yourself? Doing good, thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, And I just wanted to give you an introduction and have you kind of talk about your background, your experience, and really what you see uh, for Weathered Souls now and in the future of the craft brewery industry. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so <laughs> you're not from San Antonio, you're, you're West Coast, right? Yeah, so originally I'm from Sacramento, California. So I've been in San Antonio though for seven years. Seven years? Uh-huh. And what brought you over here to San Antonio? So originally I used to be a fraud manager for Citibank. So basically, um, yeah, I took a promotion to come over here to train uh, new employees and then basically decided to stay because I had never been out of Sacramento and never did anything like different. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and just move. I didn't have any like other obligations or anything like that. Yeah. So kind of just transplanted here and ended up staying. As a San Antonian who's never lived anywhere but here, what were your thoughts about San Antonio coming from California? Originally, people can't drive. <laughs> I hear that all the time, especially from people from California. People can't drive, (laughs) and you guys are a little bit slower. So, you know, like dealing with people in California or even the West Coast, it's kind of more of you're in the rush kind of thing. Like Like fast pace. Not technically rush, but it's like you want to do things as swiftly as possible, right? So, here I notice like people are a lot more patient and slower dealing with (laughs) things than typical people from the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, I remember we went to San Francisco um, about five years ago, just for vacation, and we were blown away because we felt like just even walking across the street that we were being pushed around and like people were just rude. Mm-hmm. And maybe because we we're going too slow or something, yeah, but move out the way. Yeah, they move just. Out the way. <laughs> I was like, you need to quit fucking touching me. <laughs> it got that bad, but there is obviously a difference between you know people from Texas. She's from Galveston. Um, I'm born and raised here, okay. but there is a like a clear distinction yeah, between. Yeah, definitely is for sure. Yeah, I think I almost got in another like two, three fights over there. Yeah, she, <laughs> she does that over here too. But. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> I'm gonna take that part out. Um, and so you started with brewing in your home. Uh-huh. How did that start? Or I. I've heard of home brewing, but like, how did that get into your head and how did you execute so, that? Well, I started drinking beer probably around 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So I used to be a liquor person. It was crazy, I was just telling somebody at the bar, like, I started drinking when I was like, man, 18, 19. Yeah. But it wasn't like sneaking behind my parents' back or anything like that. They just didn't care because I was drinking with my older brother and my cousin. Yeah. So it was more of like a. a controlled environment yeah (laughs) then also being said that like um i started going to like 21 and over clubs when i was like 16 17 oh my god so i was exposed to uh you know like alcohol and stuff like that at a younger age Uh, the bar scene like yeah i had like a relative that used to be in the music business and so we used to get to go to like different things you know younger based off of who he was and stuff like that yeah um but then i got into beer like around 23-ish 22-ish and uh, from there, uh, my brother is the one that got me into beer. So I have an older brother. He's about seven years older than me. Yeah. So at that point, um, he has got like a Mr. Beer kit and did like a homebrew. And the beer was terrible. 
Like, What's oh, a Mr. Beer kit? That yeah, sounds like something you could buy at Walmart yeah, for like well, $10. Literally, probably, yeah. <laughs> oh they sell God. them for super cheap and they're usually old. And But the beer came out terrible. And, uh, but y'all didn't know any better than yeah, that. Like, well, y'all just not y'all, him. him. <laughs> so you were just watching, point, right? Yeah, so at that point, it was like, well, I could brew a better beer than you. And so uh, me and my brother have a very competitive relationship, even down to like uh, cooking in the kitchen and different things like that. And I'm just competitive in general. So as soon as it was like, all right, I'm gonna brew a better beer than you, like that was it. So we actually ended up brewing our first couple beers together. Yeah. Then I ended up moving out here like a year later. And in the process of that, like I ended up buying like a homebrew kit, like a big system and stuff like that. So I was kind of bored out here by myself and uh, basically started brewing like nonstop. So every two weeks was a different beer going in, different things like that. Like uh, I ended up, you know, going through all the like troublesome stuff. So I had a beer explode, hit the ceiling. Oh my God. So even when I moved out, like uh, I was in that apartment for four years. Oh, so you did it in your apartment? Out, yeah, like even moving out of the apartment, like it was the stain was still on the ceiling <laughs> when I moved out. So you brewed it in your apartment? Well, in the garage. Oh, well, okay. Townhome, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so in the garage, but then I'd have to lift the pot up the stairs and take it upstairs to yeah. cool it and all that other type of stuff. So did that come with like an instruction book or did you no, like... No, it was kind of more, well, they have instructions, but you mm-hmm. know, dealing with some of that stuff is very vague. Yeah. Um, so being said that, I'm very... Um, infatuated with uh, processes and stuff like that yeah so once i actually invest in something of wanting to learn something or do something then that's it like i'm fully invested uh so at that point i started listening to podcasts reading books mm-hmm. uh researching different articles online um from there i went and like started volunteering at a local place when i was back in sacramento uh when i moved out here uh volunteered at a local place here and got a job before i opened here so i was working two jobs like, oh, wow. on top of like my full-time job at Citibank, and i was working part-time at another brewery just to get an experience and stuff like that yeah so you know there's instructions but if you actually want to get into it you got to go a little bit deeper with that yeah you have to get your hands dirty so exactly. to say and actually learn it um and so once you did that and you got your experience where did you get the idea to to open, open a place? yeah to open up whether it's um so I was at a previous place and basically wasn't happy there. Like I didn't have the opportunity to brew my own beers or experiment or, you know, put anything that I wanted to do into the processes. It was kind of like, okay, these are the beers that we have, go ahead and brew them and then that's that. Yeah. Um, so in the process of that, um, I had met a, uh, my business partner. Um, and we used to go drink and different things like that outside of work. Mm-hmm. And then so um, from there, it was like uh, I ended up quitting the other place because I just wasn't happy there. And then uh, we were out one day and I was like, when are we going to open a brewery? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Was that like drunk talk? Because we have that all the time. I know. The drunk we talk. Like a I won't ideas. say drunk I talk. Know. I don't really, um, I don't like drinking to get drunk, but... But it when you get to the so, point yeah, where, like, your ideas... Talk. Okay. Yeah. We do the, talk. the tipsy talk all yeah, the time. maybe tipsy talk. <laughs> so, uh, from there, you know, we kind of were like... He was like, I was waiting for you to ask me that. <laughs> and then from there, we started working on opening a brewery. So, about a year and a half later from that, yeah. we ended up opening this place. So, like, how long have you been brewing beer, like, in your lifetime? Officially? So, at this point, I want to say it's been about eight years. So from home, yeah, from home brewing to where I'm at now, because we've been open for four, about eight years. And so last year you were on the Express News 
like San Antonio's best breweries. Was uh-huh. that something that you knew that you were gonna kind of get, or was it a surprise to you? Because that that's, was a surprise. Because there's so uh, many breweries popping up. Like yeah, I, well, I hear a lot of people talk about breweries, and on the grand scheme of things, we're kind of undersaturated here. Mm-hmm. So you figure like San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the the United States, and I think we have 18 breweries, 19 mm-hmm. breweries, yeah. or something like that. But then you go to uh, San Diego, for instance, and they have a few hundred. Yeah. So, you know, um, being said that, that was definitely a surprise. But over the course of the last three years, we've been voted best brewery a few times. Yeah. So, you know. Not to toot your own own horn, but. uh, Toot, toot. (laughs) Toot all you want. I mean, I love it. We've been that a few times here. So. Um, it's you know it's always nice to be honored for yeah. your hard work and stuff like that. And yeah, it's always appreciated and keeps you drive. You know, it keeps, it keeps you, you going. Driven to want to want to produce better beer and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, in I guess on top of that, how do you think your brewery kind of sets itself apart from all the others in um, San Antonio or even surrounding so San Antonio? In San Antonio, you'll notice you have basically an old wave of brewers and a new wave of brewers, right? So you have these breweries here that have been established for years, the breweries that have been open. And they're more traditional German beers, easy drinking beers, mm-hmm. on the maltier spectrum of beers, yeah, um, that type of thing. Uh, dealing with here, we were kind of the first brewery outside of that spectrum that opened that kind of embraced some of the uh, newer trends of beer, but also still um, still evolved the older trends as well and try to establish those in the brewery. Yeah. So what ended up happening here is basically what we're known for our stouts. So we've gotten everything from top 33 stouts in the world to, you know, um, we've done a lot of collaborations because of our stouts. Uh, we've had, you know, some successful releases and stuff like that based on our stouts. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot of hazy beers, sours, but then we also do traditional stuff. So like right now you're drinking a traditional Doppelbach, yeah. right? So a lot of breweries may do Doppelbachs. Well, not really a lot, but a few do them. I can't um, say I've heard of it before, yeah, to be so honest. Yeah, so it's not a common style. Yeah. So what a Doppelbach is, is basically a double version of a Bach, obviously Doppel meaning double. Yeah. And basically what it is, is a highly rich, melanoidin, toffee, caramel, lager, and they're higher in ABV. So typically, like what I'm drinking now is our hardwood classic, that's 4.8%. That beer you're drinking is 10%. So it drinks like a lager, but it's gonna hit you like It'll a hit stout you later. later. <laughs> yeah, like I have a sure. question. So, like my marketing background when I worked for WB Liquors, um, we didn't do that much marketing for beer. Mm-hmm. It was like the top tier was liquor, and then wine, and then beer at the very bottom. And so I did work maybe once a month on the content. So I, I'd have to read up and get educated on beer, but more so, I had to be on top of things when it came to liquor and wine. So I remember with wine, there are different types of bodies. There's medium body. Does that also, is that also a thing for beer too? Yes. Okay. So definitely so. So, um, and we could try some stuff later so you can kind of see the difference. Yeah. But like right now, I'm drinking a light body beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what she just had was a very heavy, full bodied beer. But it was small. It was yeah. So what she had <laughs> But was, I could tell yeah, because like it's a, a heavier body. stout. And yeah. those, you even notice from the tap that they pour differently. Yeah. Like really this one flows really too. nice. Yeah. That one flows really heavy, dark. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely different styles of body. There's yeah. different styles of mouthfeel is what it's called. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely translates to beer. Um, the term, like, craft beer, 
I want to say like I've heard it everywhere and even the larger uh, companies like Budweiser, Bud Light, mm -hmm. they've come out with their own version of craft beers. How would you define craft beer? Well, that is definitely not craft beer. <laughs> um, yeah. But basically, um, per like beer ad, beer um, brewers association, like uh, it's basically a certain limit of barrelage that you brew a year. Uh, there's different stipulations that go in line with being a craft brewery, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but more so, dealing with craft is the literal word craft. Yeah. We're putting like literal blood, sweat, and tears into beer. Well, not literal. <laughs> I'm like, oh you know, god. <laughs> like, you know, we're actually hands-on and producing beer, and yeah. uh, basically taking our love into each thing that we do here. Right. right? Uh, dealing with the macro scene, it's more automated system, and you know, like, yeah. um, and it's very uh, driven to. It's not even really beer. Like they're using a lot of extracts, different things like that. We're using yeah. grain, water. Hot like whole to ingredients. Yeast, and that's it, right? Yeah. And yeah. then outside of that, we use whole ingredients as far as the treatment for adjuncts for like the stout you just had and different mm -hmm. things like that. But it's it's completely different animal for sure. But um, I know, and just like by reading up, I know that those larger companies like Anheuser are trying to compete with the craft. So what they do is they people. buy up craft brands. Mm -hmm. and then try to market them still as craft beer. But at this point, it's not craft beer anymore, right? Because yeah. you've already bought this brand and, you know, have uh, implemented your whole principles and yeah, your you have business a following already. Into, yeah, yeah, into this substance now. So you're taking away from the whole thing that made it craft. So like Carbock, for instance, right? Carbock yeah. used to be a really good brewery, and I'm sure they still make good beer, but I haven't brought their beer since they got bought out. But yeah. dealing with that, um, you know, it's like uh, you're not the same company once you get bought out. Uh, you're not the same company once you implement those principles and different yeah. things like that. Because at this point, it's not about the beer anymore. So, like, for instance, our literal slogan here is it's all about the beer. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it's about putting love and that process into everything that you do yeah. versus, you know, them. It's more so about the money. Mass here, manufacturing so, it exactly. to get it out to the public. Beer and craft beer in general is more so about the passion of the craft and getting people to enjoy the different characteristics and flavors and different things like that. Yeah. It's a whole completely different animal. And so what do you think is like from a like I was thinking on like a marketing perspective, What's like your challenge competing with those bigger, other than the fact that, you know, you're you're more dedicated to the people and grassroots? Um, money is definitely a big thing. So, right, because you know, they have that bigger yeah, exactly. marketing budget and advertising budget to just saturate exactly. whatever market they so, want. And that's the thing. They have so much money that they can saturate the market. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're small businesses. Right. So you don't have all those extra funds to be able to do the marketing and advertisement and but the different things that they do. Like that's purpose like on y'all's end right like y'all don't want to it's well, more like exactly. a word of yeah. mouth type thing right? yeah so here especially we don't pay for advertisement yeah. so everything that we've done here to build our brand has been word of mouth so facebook uh people spreading the gospel about our beer and brewery and stuff like that yeah. like we don't pay for advertisement um and just the name is like draws curiosity too. Mm -hmm. i love the name yeah so you know dealing with that it's like um it's definitely the more so of money and mm -hmm. economics as far as what they're able to do and what we're able to do. But it also builds that loyalty with, with, with the local with, scene. Yeah, the and local scene. so that's scene. the more important thing. So breweries, you know, 
that's how you, you build your brand and your, and your name is the local scene, right? Yeah. So the people that come in and support your beer every day, come here for all the releases and yeah. trade your beer and send it out and you know see our beer at restaurants and drink it and different things like that that's what builds our brand up, right it's the local yeah. support and then from local support then it goes national because then national people are wondering why are all these local people worried about this brewery or so why are they talking know, about yeah, it talking like why is it in the conversation versus you know the 30 or 40 other places that are open yeah. so you know it, it definitely helps and so that's yeah. why you always want to support local and different things like that because yeah. that's what builds your actual craft brand and then you know dealing with the whole scene of actual people and the general public the more you support your craft brands and stuff like that are the more that they're going to strive to make better beer the more breweries that are going to pop up the more options that you're going to have yeah. Yeah. because now you guys are showing love to that scene and it's going to want to grow because now they see opportunity for growth yeah. but if there's not opportunity for growth then we're not going to get the expansion that other yeah. cities are getting or what other people want you're just going to stay stagnant pretty much exactly um yeah so i i kind of bartend well i got my tbc and i did bartending when i was at wb liquors and so i bartended at the grand hyatt uh-huh. downtown at the convention center and i was kind of shocked that they had a uh, dollar shine uh-huh. on tap yeah so we're on tap <laughs> yeah and right. so to me that was a big deal because i mean 90 percent of of the people staying at grand hyatt our meetings and conventions, you know, attendees, mm-hmm. and so they're all from out of state. And I just remember, and this was over the summer that I kind of bartended for a while. Um, they wanted a lager, they wanted something, and so I would always recommend whether it's souls. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Um, but the funny thing is, like, they loved it. They were. I never got any negative comments. They were just like, "Give me another one. Give me another one." Oh. And. To me, that's a cool thing just because I'm able to give them a taste of San Antonio and a taste of, like, the local craft scene, how it should be. So, for me, that was kind of, like, it was eye-opening because I didn't expect to see, you know, your beer on tap. Mm -hmm. And I think we had two beers on tap, but that was kind of, like, wow. I mean, you guys have that distribution, not even, like, on a local, but it's really on a national level because we have people from... California, from Florida, just from all over for different types of conventions. And so to me, I thought that was cool because you were in like one of the top, you know, hotels in San Antonio mm-hmm. and in the world yeah. at that. So I thought it was cool. Very cool. Shout out to my sales staff. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. It was funny when they would order, I'll, I'll take that Dale Shine. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm shaking my head. We get that all the time here. <laughs> It depends where you're from if you pronounce yeah. it correctly, right? My dad would know what that is. You know what it is, right? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Did you have anything that you wanted um, to ask? Yeah, so, like, y'all have a great selection of beers. Um, uh-huh. So, where do you get, like, your inspiration? So, you're the mad scientist behind everything. Where do you get... And y'all come out with, like, a different beer, like, every Thursday, yeah, too, so right? Yeah, we have a new release every Thursday. Yeah, every Thursday. Every Thursday. It's so you have to, to come up, up with, with like a new sure. idea yeah. every week. Um, but most of the time, it's just kind of like the flavor profiles that I like. I like mm. cooking at home, so sometimes, you know, you try to implement that type of stuff. Yeah. But really, it drives you crazy trying to come up with new ideas because there's only like so many flavor profiles you can come out with after a while. Yeah. But that's why we've been trying to do uh, new events and different things like that. So now we're doing like monthly events that uh, focus on specific flavor profiles. So 
we did one that was like um, in December that was all based on uh, Christmas desserts. So it was all the styles were based on Christmas desserts. So that made things a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, and then last month it was all of them were coffee based. So different coffee drinks. So like thin mint frappuccino. Oh my God. You Where know, was I? Uh, Rwanda, uh, Irish cream, French press, and yeah. you know different things like that to kind of implement those different flavors. Thank you. So um, it can get stressful at times, but it's kind of more so you try to um, bring things that's reminiscent of your childhood, like different snacks and treats and yeah. desserts, and, <laughs> you know, different things that you could come up with to keep people interested to come in for sure. What was your favorite snack back in the day? That you my, would eat like every day after school. My favorite would probably would have been ho hos. But not ho hos oh. specifically. It would have been the off brand Swiss cakes. <laughs> Swiss cakes are better than ho hos. Sure. Are they really? Yes. I don't know. I would have to say they're the same, but. Mm -mm, it's different. Uh, why? The Swiss cake was a little bit, had like a more of a cakey, batter like type aspect to it versus like ho hos were a little bit softer. I'm telling you, try them together. I'm gonna have to do like a taste test yep. of like, like my mom would always buy the Hill Country Fair. Mm -hmm. We are we labor got name brand. And like the cereal was so different. Like we would get like the, the Hill Country Fair or whatever it was called back then, like Honey Smacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just like little pieces like the of. Like Quaker Oat brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like, it's the same thing. I'm like, it's not. No, That's it why we're not eating it. It tastes nope. awful. Um, as far as like ingredients, like, do you buy them locally? Yeah, so we tend to try to buy all our ingredients locally. Uh, we go through a local company called uh, Johnson Brothers. Uh, basically, they have a division for their uh, bakery. They do all like a bakery distribution. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have a division that's dedicated to brewing. So they do our grain and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But then they also have the whole aspect of all their bakery goods. So we have access to all of that stuff as well. Oh, okay. So most of the additional ingredients we get locally here from Johnson Brothers. Or if we can't find them from Johnson Brothers, then I'll source them from HEB or yeah. you know uh, some of the local businesses. Uh, like uh, the chocolate events this weekend, we're using some local businesses as far as the chocolates that we're using. Do you use like chocolate like chocolate? Uh -huh. Oh my god. So yeah, this uh, Saturday, the 29th. No, that's not the 29th yet. Wait. The 15th. This weekend is Valentine's yeah. Day weekend. So that's 14th. So the 15th, yeah. uh -huh. we have our chocolate stout factory. <gasps> so Weather Souls and the Chocolate Stout Factory. I haven't. And basically, that's going to be eight different barrel aged stouts mm -hmm. that all feature different chocolates and like different dessert features to them. So we're oh, going to wow. have a coconut fudge candy stout. Oh and my God. A peanut butter stout. And Which one is your favorite out of those? Things. Like, I'm a huge, I have a sweet tooth like crazy. I love uh -huh. chocolate. Um, what would be like your top chocolate? My favorite chocolate, I'm a huge dark chocolate fan for sure. Yeah. A huge dark chocolate fan. Yeah. So um, for me, I like dark chocolate. Um, but we've been experimenting with a new chocolate lately called Ruby Chocolate. And it's okay. actually red. And a Ruby Chocolate features like uh, some fruitier aspects to the whole chocolate frame, like some plum, dark fruit, stuff like yeah. that. But still gives you that milk chocolate-like vibe to it. It's actually yeah. very interesting. So we've been playing with that a lot. They're having a, a chocolate event. For Valentine's? Well, the like, day is after. It, uh, the 15th, yeah. We're actually going out that day. <laughs> <laughs> after we come here for some chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And then basically what we'll do is we'll pair different chocolates with the stouts. Yeah. We can sample different chocolates and stuff like that. So we could skip the rodeo. I'm not even a rodeo fan. <laughs> I just got free tickets from work. I'm like, I gotta go with the BFF. Um, oh, so I was gonna ask you as far I love pizza. Like if I can eat anything every day, it'd be pizza. What would you like? What's your best food pairings? Like pizza, burgers. Um, uh, for me, my favorite food pairing will probably be a steak and a stout. A steak and a stout. I see that. So you have that, you know, your dark meat with, you know, a nice robust beer. Yeah. Uh, very accents very well, especially this barrel age. Um, outside of that, I would probably do a burger and fries and a West Coast IPA. So that, that. Uh, hoppy characteristic, uh, citrus and fruit flavors. Uh, play off the like hot, the meat. Play really well with the meat and the fries and that type of thing. Um, what about pizza? Pizza, I enjoy pizza. Like pizza. I love pineapple pizza, which everyone is like uh, that. You should <laughs> see you, you you can put you know pineapple on pizza. Uh, it just goes together. And I, I know you're disagreeing with me right now, but there's a select few of special people that love. Like the beer doesn't even go with that. No. <laughs> Don't you can't say that. Don't put words in his mouth. No. no but that's uh, my as far that's pizza, my favorite. I would probably pair pair lighter beers. It's so like a pilsner, a lager, yeah. something like that. Probably pair well with the bread and cheese and stuff like that. And pineapple? Pepperoni, maybe. And pineapple? <laughs> maybe. Come on! It just, it, it adds like a certain sweetness to like the meat and like, I don't know. Eh. Eh. <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm not. a treat for you. Okay. Um, here. Being that it's Valentine's Day, we're going to take you on a blind date right okay. about now. So we're going to blindfold you. Um, don't be alarmed. <laughs> we're not going to harm you or steal your beer. <laughs> we I'll want do the blindfold. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, so Brenda's going to blindfold you. And then as you're blindfolded, we're going to give you a couple of your own beers that you have to guess. Yeah, there's four beers here. And you have to guess what you're drinking while not looking. Okay. Um... Go ahead. Yes. And which ones you didn't? Yeah. No, I can take them off. It's fine. I won't be able to see anyway, right? You mind if I get a picture here? No, you're good. You can take a picture. Okay. Oh, let me get the plane. So. Here's the right. first one. We're not going to tell you which one that is. Okay. So you don't have to guess the exact name, but if you can guess what category, what type of beer. That is Prestidigitator, the Doppelbach. Okay, we will let you know if you're right or wrong. Um, here's the second beer. So this is an IPA for sure. <laughs> How can you tell? From the aroma. Is it a little hoppy? What you're tasting? So this is a hoppy beer. Um, not a lot of bitterness. 
has kind of some citrus fruit to it. I would probably say this is 4080. Is that the name of it? Yep. All right, next one. All righty, here's the third one. Actually, that might have been West Coast, but I'm gonna go with 4080. So when you're trying to smell, basically, you're trying to, you know, get the aroma of the beer. Let the taste uh, buds catch up with the mind. Yeah, and exactly. Swish it around so the mouth a little bit. It's a little thicker mouthfeel. Uh, definitely a bitterness of IPA. I'm going to go with that. It's probably Mamba Out, our triple IPA. It's kind of boozy. All right. Here's the very last one. We're not letting these go to waste, right? No. Okay. Marcus is going to drink them all. <laughs> and then this is around about midnight. So definitely roasty, some chocolate malt, uh, very easy drinking, not abrasive. So yeah, I'm going to go with around about midnight. Very good. Very good. You can take your blindfold off right about now. We'll give you your score. Okay. Right. Out of four. Oh, I got three. You got two out of four. Out of <laughs> okay, so the first one you said was the uh -huh. and, and it was dual. It was a dual in the sun, yes. Okay. How did you I know can see dual? that. Okay. Um, second one you said was forty eighty. And that one was a it says juice. Who got the oh, juice? juice? Okay. Yeah. Similar. <laughs> And the third one, you did get it right, but like, tell us a little bit more about this one. We got really excited for yeah. this one. Mamba Out? Mm -hmm. Um, So I used to be a huge Kobe Bryant fan as a kid. So Kobe Bryant was like one of my favorite players growing up. I even used to wear his shoes playing high school basketball. Then I broke my ankle in high school and I swore off Kobe Bryant forever. <laughs> and became a Tracy, uh, Tracy McGrady fan. Oh, like Lord. seriously. And so basically, um, even the course of that, I basically became a fan of Kobe Bryant again uh, a few years later, just based off his competition and drive, and that whole Mamba mentality, that type of thing. The West and, Coast in yeah. you too, I'm sure. And I'm a huge yeah. Laker yeah. fan. Like I've been a Laker fan my entire life. Like, um, so. You were a Kings fan? No, <laughs> my like my uncle was literally just one of my uncles uh, was literally just uh, honored at one of the Laker games for being one of the longest standing ticket holders Whoa. for the Lakers. Wow. Yeah. I don't so, even know anyone on that level. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been a Laker fan for a long time. It was uh, a very nice beer. Y'all so did a very good job. being said that, you know, he had the uh, um, unfortunate demise. Um, and so I kind of wanted to do something to kind of, like, honor that. But, How did you get the, I guess, the ingredients together? And so the beer was actually already brewed. So it was a beer that we had already did uh, with Redhorn in Cedar Park. And um, basically, I was um, at the processes and I was about to come for a name. And then, as soon as uh, I found out Kobe Bryant had passed away, I said, That's it, we're gonna name this one Mom Bow. Mm -hmm. And like from there, so came in that Monday, and that's what it's we good. went with. Yeah. Nice tribute. Did we give him no? Yeah, and the fourth one you did get right, the was it a porter? Oh, the porter. The, yeah. porter, the roundabout midnight. So you got a 50. Uh, 
<laughs> you got to drink all these as your punishment. <laughs> yeah. That just shows you I don't drink my beer that often. <laughs> you came close, though. The ones you got wrong, you came close. You can have points on number one because he, yeah. he, like, guessed it again and said cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a plus for me that I make clean loggers. Right. <laughs> that was fun though. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being a good sport about that. No, definitely. Have you done that before? Have you had to taste your own beer and guess what it is? <laughs> I've had to, no. Um, <laughs> taste my beer semi-often for sensory and yeah. quality control and stuff like that. The but, blindfolded? But my own personal like preference as far as drinking um, it's very mild, mm -hmm. um, so I tend to stick to our West Coast IPA or our Pilsner. Yeah, I like Pilsners. So IPA is a pale ale, mm -hmm. right? Um, but what makes it West Coast? Is there like... So our West Coast, Coast IPA, uh, what makes the difference between like a hazy and a West Coast? Mm -hmm. West Coast are a cleaner, uh, cleaner profile, uh, a lot more abrasive as far as the bitterness goes. Okay. Um, and then hazies tend to be obviously hazy, um, a lot more softer mouthfeel, uh, not a lot of bitterness to them, uh, kind of more of a quote unquote juicier aspect to them. Um, so that's what the difference is between the two of them. So as a girl, I feel like, from what I've heard, because I love beer obviously, but a lot of girls shy away from beer because of the carbs and because of the calories and they don't want to drink beer they'd rather drink you know vodka white water the white color <laughs> yeah if there was a girl that you know is on that trip where she doesn't want to gain weight or you know it makes her feel heavy or bloated what beer from your menu would you kind of suggest for i would her? definitely suggest one of the lagers or the pilsners mm -hmm. uh, those are very light in abv which means a lot lower calories uh, that type of thing. So probably the Pilsner or uh, even Dale would be a good option for them. Uh, but what we typically end up doing with um, converting some of the ladies that typically aren't into beer are when we do our uh, sours. Mm -hmm. So like our fruited sours. And then we have our creamery series. Uh, so the creamery series always has vanilla and lactose in it. It typically ah. features different fruits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, those typically are more women-driven, um, and even some of our stouts, because uh, oh, wow. a lot of the times uh, women don't like stouts or darker beers. Yeah. They're, they're automatically turned away from them because they look heavy. Yeah. Uh, but then because of the flavor profiles and what's in them, and you know, you get these different flavor characteristics um, mm -hmm. from depending on what we're adding to them. And it's always uh, a different trip for them. And so that usually what drives them. And then plus they're high ABV, so they can drink one. And, and they're good. Now, yeah, they don't feel <laughs> so bad about drinking one of them. I didn't realize I was that much into them till maybe about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of fell in love with like porters and, and stouts. And um, I came in and I ordered the Rwandan French press. Irish sun, the Irish cream. And between the time that I ordered it, and the time that my glass went to go get poured, like it was out. <laughs> and I was so looking forward to that because it had like chocolate and like vanilla. Yeah, so she told me that and I thought she was and, like, kidding. But coconut, so I'm gonna have to come back for that. We'll open a bottle with something. That we got <laughs> I'll let you guys try something okay. for sure. I'd love to but try But yeah, it. our stouts tend to sell out pretty swiftly. Yeah. Um, so we don't consistently keep stouts on tap, but that's because they sell fast. So it's not because we don't want to. But just like, for instance, um, for the last coffee event, we had 49 kegs of stout. 
Oh my gosh. By the end of the event, there was about 36, 38 of them gone. So, you know, it's we typically don't hold on to them yeah. too long. Yeah, so it's like, get here while they're on, otherwise you're gonna miss <laughs> Limited out. Limited offer sure. only. Yeah. Right. Um, as far as like the barrels, like this, I was gonna ask you before, but do you use like whiskey barrels? Uh-huh. So because I'm a bourbon fan, mm -hmm. I tend to um, dive a lot into barrel aging stouts, mm -hmm. and that's actually my favorite beer is a well done barrel aged stout. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a nice little barrel program here. A lot of single barrels. I know uh, you're from WB, so you're familiar with that. Yes. So basically, uh, I was in the bourbon in San Antonio group, mm -hmm. and so uh, from there we get a lot of the single barrels, and even from we got a, a old force and single barrel from uh, ACL from Alamo City Liquors yeah. and different things like that. So what my goal is, is I want to create like a barrel program that isn't just barrels that everybody else can get, but those singularity barrels that feature certain characteristics and flavors and oh, stuff wow. like that, that nobody's going to have the ability to get. Yeah. And then, you know, release those beers simultaneously, you know, every so often or whatever yeah. the case may be. And then because we have our membership program, uh, a lot of those barrels will probably be implemented into the membership program where they'll only be available there. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, so before cool. we wrap up, I want to, so like I told you, I, the first time I came here was with Larry. And he kind of blew my mind when he said this is, you know, only for members, you know, uh -huh. they're part of the club. I'm like, there's a secret beer club. <laughs> Sign me up. Like, I want to get into it. Um, and because I never really heard that. But, you know, you mentioned it. How do you sign up so or what happens when you uh, sign we up have a sign up once a year and we open up so many slots uh, depending on what's going on. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, this is the second year that we're in right now. Um, but you pay a uh, membership fee and then you get access to the membership program so this year the membership program was a special cooler backpack and you got a special glassware you get special uh, happy hours you get special pricing you get need to 12 that. bottles included with the membership that's you know you don't have to pay for oh wow uh, you get first rights to all bottle releases yeah well i won't say all most yeah. Like 95% of it. <laughs> um, Not all you know, the you most. get special tastings that nobody else gets. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's, it's a lot enticing of to some of those people that yeah. are heavily into craft beer and heavily into our beer in general. Yeah. Um, so, we have a decent number of members that participate, for sure. And you just gained two more. I know. <laughs> I hope so, right? Sign us up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess to wrap it all up, as far as Weathered Souls, like, where do you see you know you taking your brewery in the next year two years yeah. where do you want to see weathered souls in the next five uh, years so distribution has definitely been picking up um so the goal is definitely to build on that get our beer into more locations uh get more people familiar with the product and our brand and what we're doing um i've been doing a lot of collaborations and traveling uh, so basically one of the things that we do here that's different from a lot of places around town is we do a lot of collaborations. So we go out of state a lot, uh, yeah. brew with other breweries. We have other breweries from out of state or out of the city come here all the time and do different beers and, uh, you know, melt minds together and do different things. I love things. that. Yeah. That's where and you get ideas flowing is exactly. like when you collaborate with you know, other people. Craft brewing is a commodity. Yeah. And so uh, dealing with that, we try to build those relationships uh, with other breweries and stuff like that. And then even then, you have your consumer who is fans of breweries outside of the local scene, right? So, you know, it's 
kind of uh, payments back to the customer yeah. to bring them some of these breweries that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise and yeah. you know give those names to them to have the ability to try some of their beer and stuff like that so um, kind of just trying to um, build on that trying to build on our brand yeah and just trying to have the brewery grow as a whole we just implemented uh, South Barbecue into our uh, kitchen uh, about a month ago. So that's been awesome. Uh, We're going to try that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Samia, he makes some awesome barbecue. And to me, he makes the best brisket in town. So <laughs> I heard no, a lot of like, good things. I heard yeah, a lot like, of good things about yeah, South Barbecue. Um, I would have put uh, one place ahead of him, but they're no longer open. So I'm going to give Andrew the number one spot right now. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, but we'll just leave it at yeah, that. So, uh, being said that, you know, um, I am super grateful that he's in here at this point and uh, looking forward to some of the things that he's going to implement uh, yeah. along with the beer. You know, we'll start doing pop-ups and different little menu items and stuff like that. So I love that. it's going to be cool to kind of see what he does with the kitchen and yeah. kind of grow from there. We've had some little stumbles with the kitchen prior. Um, yeah. So to have a like solid food producer here now is like uh, really awesome for us for sure. Especially with barbecue that people actually like. like. Yeah, yeah, people exactly. love. I mean, when I said I was gonna come here, they're like, "Oh, I love South Barbecue." Yeah, like, we're we've, gonna even, try it. we've even seen like an increase in our customer base mm-hmm. just based off of the food already. Yeah. Uh, and then they discover our beer. So it's like people that have never had our beer but are barbecue fans and they come here and like, oh, this beer is actually really good. It's like, yeah, we've often. been here for almost 40 years. <laughs> you know? Thanks for coming by. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, yeah, it's that's more been of... cool to, you know, get those people in and yeah. kind of convert them to drinking some other stuff yeah. and getting into the whole local scene and stuff like that. And that's more of the trend now is incorporating food with the craft breweries exactly. and, and, you know, people want to yeah. eat while they're, you know, enjoying it beers. people to drink a little bit more. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, because studies have shown, like, when you're drinking, it causes your stomach to kind of uh, want you to eat more. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a victim to that because once I go home, I'm like, I haven't eaten all day. Exactly. I'm starving. But. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the place y'all have is beautiful, too. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't even notice y'all have like a whole, like, football field behind y'all we're fortunate to have a lot of space here yeah. and we do events so we posted weddings here um, receptions cps energy has been here like hosting That'd seminars good, yeah good little area like different yeah. little businesses doing events and stuff like that so yeah you know it's nice to have that ability to have the space we have like an open bar back there too and yeah different stuff like that so it's cool i love it and you know like I said, it, the first time I came here, I was kind of sold. Um, but just drinking the beer, talking to you, it's just its a really good experience. Good. I love it, and I hope everyone can get introduced to Weathered Souls as much as we have. But I hope so. Yeah, we will be. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. You know, you did okay on the taste test. Yeah. Um, I feel so embarrassed that I don't know my own beer, right? I gave you half points for, you know, for I the, 75%, the duel. 75%. It's been a long day. I give you it credit for that. Been. I have been here since 630. Oh, so God. It's been a long day. So you better, sure. yeah. And we'll help you out with these over here. Perfect. <laughs> but no, I want to thank you for, for coming on the podcast and... Um, where can people find like your events and uh, so they... we're definitely on Facebook we try to definitely keep our Facebook updated with all our events and stuff that we're doing and then Instagram as well yeah. so those would be the main sources and then we've actually been updating our webpage lately so weathersouls.beer you can check it out check out the current food menus the beer menus 
Um, untapped, if you're on Untapped, keeps our current beer menu. Um, so you can always go in there and, and have a actual up-to-date view of what's on tap currently. Awesome. Any final thoughts, Margie? I don't have any final thoughts other than thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Oh, thanks and for having was me. Very educational too. I learned a lot about craft brewing today. So Good. thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you. We will try the food next and see enjoy what else and enjoy yeah. it. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, guys. Cheers. Well, that does it for another episode of Libations and Boxy Confessions. I hope you guys enjoyed episode number five, the first sponsored episode. We were so excited to sit down with Marcus Baskerville and talk all things craft beer over at Weathered Souls. So check out their social media pages and visit their website at weatheredsouls.beer for info on their unique events and releases. Don't forget to subscribe to Libations and Boxy Confessions podcast and like, comment, and share on my Twitter page at libations c you can also stalk me on my foodie instagram page the cheeky epicurean for yummy pics of the food i eat and the drinks i drink around town until next time this is brenda lee with libations and boxy confessions podcast cheers